Well, welcome to Life Church today. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you. Hope everybody's enjoying this incredible, incredible weekend. Having a good time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Some of you still a little sleepy from the weekend. I, I see, I see, I see. Well, this is a, this is a, going to be, I think, going to be a good message. I want to kind of, kind of a talk conversation. So, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians, chapter number four. Ephesians chapter four, and. Um, uh, we're going we're gonna to be getting right into the second part of this two-week series on uh, how to. And so, uh, and today, though, before we get into it, I want to just kind of brag on you for just a few minutes, if that's okay, and kind of give you an update. You know, at Life Church on, on giving financially, we break it into what we call two buckets. The first is tithe, which is obedience. So the Bible says for us to bring the tithe into the storehouse, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. And, uh, and then the Bible says that when we do that, that God will open up the windows of heaven and pour a blessing upon us so great we don't have room enough to contain it. Verse, verse 11, verse 12 says he'll basically bless the work of our hands. That's the jobs that we have, the vocations, the companies that we own, that we work for, et cetera, et cetera. And then verse 13 says we'll be blessed in such a way that it's kind of a witness and testimony of who God is. Beyond that is generosity. So at 11%, in essence, it's kind of generosity. It's not really actually a percentage, but it's just kind of beyond the, beyond the tithe because the tithe belongs to the God, but belongs to God, that 90% is ours. And so beyond that's generosity. And you're just such an incredibly generous church. I'm not taking an offering right now. I just want to brag on you. But you're going to see a slide up, up there. Last month, you gave over $87,000 to Greater, which is missions, and almost a, a little over a quarter of a million dollars in the first third of the year to missions, just above and beyond. And so again, I just want to say thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for what you're doing that's making a huge, huge, huge difference. And, and not just around the corner, but around the world. And so, you know, you, that, that giving helps with campuses. And so at this point, there are four different campuses that we have. And Germantown, you've been incredibly just gracious and generous to, um, with this Brookfield for the 1045. I have been live there and, and there's multiple reasons for that. And so that campus is averaging about 358 people right now on average, just week in and week out. Uh, and that was just launched four weeks ago. So that's amazing and awesome. Uh, again, that's part of how I would say your greater giving. Uh, and then, uh, but then at Milwaukee campus, uh, we've literally been working with the architects to get everything where we want it to go, uh, trying to work through a few issues. Uh, again, it costs you more than what you really want to be able to, what you had budgeted to spend, but we're navigating through that in order to really get that campus where it needs to be and invest some significant uh, dollars into that campus. That happens because of your generosity and your giving, as well as just opportunities, projects, things of this nature, just serving and working and being. I could just go on and on and on and on and on. And uh, just everything. But then even like with the next generation, oh, that's what Greater gives to as well. Just your giving in that area. I just got back uh, on from Friday uh, on graduation at, in Dallas at Southwestern where we graduated four students from Life Leadership College. So they get a full bachelor's degree and, and, uh, and a, uh, from there and um, in church leadership. And so again, just having those students walk across that platform, that school actually just uh, recruited, um, it's gonna be, he'll be somewhere second or third string quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. So he's on the practice squad right now, wasn't even at graduation there at Southwestern because he's in Green Bay. So good things are moving north, amen? And so anyhow, so just that, just, but again, that's your generosity and your giving to, to do that. We've had 12 students graduate from that program going into full-time vocational ministry. That doesn't happen without the generosity of people like you, as well as missions. 
I just spent this past week and, 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 and the kids with Boys and Girls Missionary uh, Challenge, uh, number one in giving over $35,000 your elementary age kids gave. Uh, student, uh, student Ministry, Life Church Youth uh, gave over $12,000. Uh, and so, uh, and, and uh, to that. Uh, and then also just you as a church recognized uh, for what you were given, uh, you hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars and just on and on and on and on and on. I just wanna say thank you. Around the corner and around the world, you are making a difference. And that's what happens. And that doesn't happen without that generosity. And so today, um, as we get into this message, I, I talked last week about how to make uh, change. How do you change? What do you do? You, you choose to take some things off. You choose to put some things on. And there were choices for you to reflectively walk through. Today, I want to talk about how do you, how do you uh, keep that change? How does that work? So we know that change is a process. We talked about that last weekend. And the key to change, I think, is understanding process. We undervalue what we can do in the long haul, and we overvalue what we can do in the short haul. We undervalue what we're able to do on the long term, and we overvalue what we can do in the short term. Um, especially if you're in your 20s, early 30s, um, and there's writing that's now coming out um, that, about the subject matter of, of being an achiever. Matter of fact, uh, New York Times, uh, today's edition, just released, it was a, it was a huge two-page, three-page article in the paper I read today uh, about, uh, just, just about this, this subject matter, that we live in a world that so overplays young achievement that we undervalue the long achievement and most people who made sustainable change in history did it over the long haul, not in the short span. And the world in which we live in, we really, we, we want it now, right? Like we want to, like I was, I saw the other day, I was sitting there, I was, I was, uh, was, was leaving um, uh, the, the barbershop and I'm seeing this ad and it's for cool sculpting. Does anybody know what that is? And they melt, the, they freeze the fat away. And I just thought to myself, could this happen? Maybe. How much does that cost? And then when I realized that they were doing financing plans for it, I thought that's probably more than what I've got the ability to pay for. So I just had another apple fritter and went on, right? You know what I'm saying? True story. So, so again, we undervalue what we can do in the short time and, or, or, or what we can do in the long time, and we overvalue what we're able to do in the short time. So there's a change. There's a, change has a process to it. So that process for a Christ follower the key is to hear the voice of God and to know his voice. That, in my opinion, is the key to sustainable change in your life. And I'm going to talk about how do you hear and know the voice of God for the call that God has on your life. Because here's what I'm confident of. I'm confident that God has a plan and a purpose for every person. And I'm confident that God wants you to know that plan and purpose. And I'm confident that he's not trying to be mysterious about it. But, but, the, but the question isn't, does God speak? The question is, are we listening? And, and, and I see a lot of people that are trying to do a lot of things. And, and, and so they think that purpose is, is a job. Not necessarily. There's a lot of people that trade days for dollars and never really get anywhere. Um, there's a lot of people that think, well, this is my job and this is what I'm supposed to do. And so therefore, I'm just kind of just kind of marking my time. I don't think that that's what God wants you to do either. I, I, the, the reality is God's trying to lead us in steps. But like this past week, I, I was um, in a conversation with, with Buzz Williams. He's just gone to Texas A&M and he was talking about the transition. It was a one-on-one -on -one conversation. I mean, it was, he, he, we were at this leadership event that he and I were both speaking and he said, God many times leads us in steps. That's how we, but, but 
Also think about the flip of that. He also leads us in stops. So he has us stop along the way to get to accomplish what he wants to do. It's that process. And I'm telling you, every great leader that I know, regardless if they're in the marketplace or vocational ministry, every great leader I know, they think this way. They, they, they don't look and just try to get there so fast and so quick. It's not trying to be, you know, warp speed. It's literally, what's the process? What's the steps? What's the why behind that informs the how and the what? What, 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 are, what, what what's, what's the process that we're walking through? And again, I see this in scripture over and over and over again. So I just want to unpack that because I think that if you don't think that way, I think it's one of those things to go, hey, just, just put this in the old crock pot of your soul and let it simmer for a while. Uh, if you do think that way, I think it kind of crystallizes or tweaks some of that conversation because I do believe this too. If you're breathing, God has a plan of purpose for your life. It's not over yet, <laughs> right? So you can't sit on the couch and go, well, my days are numbered. I'm 65. So it's just, it's, it's just downhill from here. I'm going to wear Velcro shoes for the rest of my life and can't bend over anymore. Can't do this. Can't do that. You know, my mom said to me one time about my dad when he turned 70, he's 73 now. She said, I can't get him off the couch, Aaron. He just says, Paula, my days are numbered. This is it. That's all there is. I said, mom, that's just a smoke screen for he doesn't want to work and do anything for you. And so she said, probably true. So, you know, but the deal is that sometimes we can just think, well, what contribution do I have and what do I have? It's, it's, it's about calling. It's not about a job for dollars. It's not about a, a career that you went to college for. It's about calling. What is the calling? What's the why? Why are you on this? Per remember, remember this. I'm going to preaching now, but I need to get in my notes. Jesus, when Pontius Pilate asked him, if he was the Christ, if he was the Messiah, if he was the king, he said it, he responded, Jesus did to Pilate and saying, for this cause, for this reason, I was born. Everybody, everybody has a for this reason, for this cause, I was born. The sad reality is many of us either don't take the time to figure out what that is we don't live that out. And whatever that cause and that reason is that you're here, God's will is going to be accomplished. He'll just use somebody else. But he wanted to use you. He planned to use you. When he formed you, as Jeremiah would say in the Old Testament, in your mother's womb, his plan of purpose was for you. And so... I believe God speaks. And I think this is, this is key in the process of change in our life. And as I was growing up going, God, what do you want in my life? These were questions. And, the, and so I would think, you know, uh, God, what, what, what do you do when God speaks? And, and does God still speak? And, and, and the answer is yes. And so I just want to kind of get into this, and, but, but I want to, want to make a statement right here from the beginning before we jump into this passage. And that's this, we are all called by God which means that God has a plan for all of us. We are all called, I'll explain what that means in a second, by God, which means God has a plan for us. God has a plan and a purpose, a calling on every one of our lives. And again, what is that for you? I like to say it this way, it's called an I am statement. I am created to blank. For me, it's vocational ministry. I'm created a pastor, this is what I do, this is who I am. This is, this is it's, it's, it's not a job. There, there's a lot of things that I could do in my life with the skill set that God gave me to accomplish his plan and purpose, his calling on my life. 
uh, I mean, I could probably go into sales. I probably could, could, could probably lead some something. I could, do, I could do something. I'm physically able to go work at a factory. I could, there's a lot of things I could, I could teach probably. Um, but the reality is, is but, but those are just skill sets that I'm trading days for dollars. My calling is more than money or finance or any type of remuneration I'd receive. It's what gets me up in the morning and puts me to bed at night. Don't tell anybody, but I would do what I'm doing here for nothing. I would do what I'm do for free. If I were independently wealthy and I'm not, and I never had to work a day, another day again in my life, what would I do? I'd plant churches everywhere I could. I would do missions everywhere I could. I'd tell everybody about Jesus everywhere I could. Because that's what's in my heart. I saw a documentary, it's on Netflix about Billy Graham. And Graham made a decision early on in ministry to say, look, wherever I get invited to go to preach the gospel, we're going to go. And I'm never going to worry about what it's going to cost me. Somebody else is going to have to worry about that. But I'm not going to worry about what it's going to cost me or what they're going to pay me. It's not about money. Money is a terrible reason to take a job. It's a terrible reason to take a career. It's a terrible reason to do anything in life. It has nothing to do with money. People that chase money, it winds up in, it's this, it's this like a term on a yo-yo. It's, it's just, you're never satisfied. You, you're, you've never completed. And, 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 you're, and there's no wholeness in that. Doesn't mean that you can't make money in what you do. Doesn't mean you can't be blessed in what you do, but it means what's the goal? What's the motivation? I suggest to you that there's a calling that God has. And a part of the change that God has for every one of us as he leads us in steps, it's all about the refinement of that calling. As he leads us in stops, it's all about the refinement of that calling. This leads to this, leads to this, leads. We see it in every, and I'm gonna unpack some of this today, here, here, and here. So, so for every, every Christ follower, Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 through 13, I wanna read this. If you don't have a Bible, Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, I'm gonna, we're going it'll be on the screen. But this is what we know that Paul writes to the church in Ephesus concerning you and I as Christ followers, as far as a calling that we fall in one of two categories. Verse 11, and he, speaking of Jesus himself, gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's what we talk about, the theologians call that the five-fold ministry gift to the church. Prophets, evangelists, apostles, pastors, teachers. Verse 12, why are they there? For the equipping of the saints, that's you. Notice that they don't call, they don't call these, these, these apostolic teaching, evangelists, pastors, teachers, the saints, they call you the saints for the teaching, for, excuse me, for the equipping for the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. So everybody that's a Christ follower, I can tell you that your calling lays in, in either verse 11 or verse 12. You're either a 411 call person or a 412 call person. 411, apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and prophets. One of those five-fold ministry gifts, that's what you're doing. Or you are the saint that's in the church, which is more the, the vast majority that, that comprise the body of Christ, that are being equipped by that 411 the 411 giftings are there to serve the 412 giftings because the 412 giftings are the saints of the church, not the 411. And in order for you to do the work that God has for you to do. See, when you look at organized religion, they flip it. Why do they flip it? Because they want the power. It's a power struggle. It's a power, power structure. 
So instead of, so according to what Paul says there, my job as the pastor is to serve you because you're the hero, not me. You're the VIP, not me. And again, I'm not writing it this way because if I wrote it this way, I'd say, no, I'm the hero, right? I'm the VIP. Let's just get real with this, okay? No, okay. So, but the reality is, is you're the, you're the hero. You're the saint of the church. So the responsibility of a 411 person is to serve the 412 person that's in the room. Why? So that the body of Christ can be edified, that's the church can be edified, and the fullness of Christ can be known in our world. That's what we're here for. So that we can all be built up one another, so we can operate in unity and love, because and we need that. We, we, we go back to Acts, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, that, 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 that they were in one another's home. They broke bread together. They served together. They worshiped together. They, they took communion together. They, they, there was this unity of the body. So, so, so yes, that's the unification, the edification of the body of Christ, but ultimately so we can leave this place and go into the mission field. That's the reason why I envy your job. I envy your calling. If you're a 412 person, I envy your calling because I really wish I could just be a business person that I would go into the marketplace, that I would be, that would be sent every week to go into the marketplace and, and, to, and to let my light shine for Christ because I'm in this 411 box and this calling and that's what my calling is. And, 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 and so, but, but I know my lane and I, and, and I know that. And so the change that God's gonna bring about in my life is going to be in that lane of that 411. And the change that's going to come about in your 412 life is going to be about that. And every time God leads you and steps or in stops, it's going to help the local church and it's going to help bring, bring his mission forward. And every time God leads me, it's going to be to help the local church and to bring his mission forward. Does that make sense? And so here's the thing. So and what I do for a living vocationally in a calling and a ministry, the reality of that is, is that I get calls from time to time just like you do. Would you come and, and we, we, would you come and pastor our church? So I got a call, this was a year or so ago that was a little bit freaky for me when we've actually been to your church. We, we came and we saw and we'd like to have a conversation with you. And they told me what city they were from and where they were, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which kind of is kind of freaky. And, and, and just because it's like, so, okay, so you were here. I didn't meet you. I didn't know you and that kind of a deal. And so, okay. And, and, they, and so then immediately when they asked me to go, well, is that a 411 or a 412? What's a 411 calling? So it's a local church pastor. Okay, great. So it, it fits that. God, are, do I sense that, that I'm making any kind of a move or a change? No, no, I don't think that's what's going on. So then I go to Tammy. Because she actually hears from God, not me, right? You guys know that, right? She's way more spiritual than I am. And you should be here next week to hear her preach. And so she's going to, she'll, she'll demonstrate her anointing and power. And so, and so anyhow, so I, I, I just said, hey, do you, are you sensing anything? And she said, no. And I said, well, I got this phone call and da 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 And uh, I want to be respectful, but I don't sense that I'm supposed to be right, we're supposed to be right where we are. Yeah. Boom. Just go right on. Why? So is there, because change is all about process. And so is God moving or me? No. And don't get wigged out. This happens. Like it's, I'm not looking. I'm not putting any resumes out. I don't, I'm, <laughs> I'm really happy here unless you're going to fire me. And so then you need to just let me know. Okay. So, but the point is, what I'm trying to say is that's how God leads. The same thing is true in your life. You're 412. You're called to go into the marketplace. So if God is going to call you and lead you somewhere, here's what two things I know. Number one, it's going to ultimately build a local church. So if you were to be trans transferred from here to, say, Denver, then the ministry you were doing here, God will bring somebody else up or in to do that ministry here. 
the resources that you're giving of your time, talent, treasure, God will bring someone or some ones in to do that as well. And wherever he's sending you, he's sending you because he wants to build the church there. So it's important that you get plugged into that local church and that body. And ultimately, whether you're here or you're there, it's ultimately going to bring about the fullness of Christ on this earth. See, God is so far above us that he knows how to tactically put all of these things together. So this, the question then is, does God speak? Does he speak to me in this 411, 412? Am I 411 or am I 412? Does he speak? And the answer is yes. Yes. So how does he speak? Well, in scripture, we know this, that we see that he speaks audibly. He speaks through his word. He speaks through the Holy Spirit. Um, he speaks through dreams, the Bible says. He speaks through visions. He can speak through others only as a confirmation, but he can speak through other people. And sometimes he speaks through situations and through circumstances. Again, all found in scripture. And for, for the sake of time, I don't have time to unpack every one of those. But we know that God speaks. You go, well, okay, well, he speaks in the Bible, but how do I know that God has not changed and he no longer speaks today? Because Malachi chapter three, verse six says, God discloses of himself, I do not change. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. So the question then isn't, is God speaking about leading in your life and calling in your life and direction in your life? The question is, are you listening? So how do I know the voice of God? As I'm walking through and leading this, how do I know the voice of God? Now, this, can be in your, this can be in any area of your life, but I'm gonna apply it to your calling. How do I know if I'm supposed to be a 411 or a 412 person? How do I know if I'm, if I'm called to vocational ministry 411 or if I'm called to marketplace ministry 412? And within the context of each one of those, how do I know what directions to take? Well, how do you ultimately know the voice of God? John's gospel chapter 10, verse 27 says this, my sheep hear my voice, Jesus said, and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I want to just talk about that for just a second. Because in scripture where God speaks, every single time God speaks, it's, it is undeniable, unmistakable. It's God. But sometimes it's almost quickly just, if you're not paying attention and if your radar is not up, if your signal's not on, it's kind of like on your smartphone or an iPad or on your computer. If you don't, if you're not looking for a Wi-Fi network, it's never going to pop up on the screen. Do you want to connect? If you're in airplane mode, it doesn't connect. And so we know there's times where Moses sees a burning bush and doesn't realize God's about to reveal himself there. Samuel, God calls to him three times before they realize God's act, it's God's voice. Isaiah says it's like this still small voice. Many, many, many years ago in the late 90s, they, Disney did an animation uh, called The Prince of Egypt. It was about the life of Moses. And they brought umpteen amounts of, of 
well-noted biblical scholars and pastors and people, uh, and, as, and, as well as um, Jewish scholars that were not Christ followers, because again, this is an Old Testament story. And the question was, what does the voice of God sound like? I mean, does it sound like, you know, James Earl Jones, right? Does it sound like that? Or Morgan Freeman, maybe. But collectively, from Jewish scholarship all the way to Christian scholarship, one of the things, and this is, this is me, I don't have a chapter and verse on this, but I completely agree with this. When I heard it, I thought that, that I've always thought that. That if you listen to the voice that's used in the burning bush that they used in this, in this major motion picture, they use the voice, the same voice that's used for Moses is the same voice of God in the burning bush. Because when you hear the voice of God, you, it's as though you hear your own voice because it's that, as Isaiah said, it's that inner voice. It's that still, small voice. Because God speaks to you in a way that gets your attention. You know, God's voice speaks to you in a way that gets your attention. So what does it actually sound like? It's been described from thunder to a still small voice. You tell me. And I'm sure there'll be iterations through, as long as we live that Hollywood will have on this. But I love that idea and that thought of, cause it's that voice of God, it's that peace of God, it's that he's living inside of me and it's a voice that I know. It's, it's, it, but, but here's what I know, if you're listening, it's unmistakable, it's undeniable, every single place in scripture. If you're just going 90 miles an hour and your antenna's not up, you're gonna miss it. If you're just going along, God's gonna say, hey, you know, when you come to the end of your bad self, just come find me, I'll be at Starbucks drinking a grande skinny some and doce latte at 190 degrees. I'm here, just call on my name and I'm here. But you got it all planned out, you're spinning wheels and making deals, you're doing this, you're not worried if you're a 411, 412, you're just kind of doing this, that, da, 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 da. You, 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 you'll, you'll lose it, but I'm here. And, and, and how do you respond when you know it, when you hear that voice? Well, Jonah said, here I am, but I'm not going. This is actual response. I know you're calling me God, but, but I'm not going. I know you want me to go, but I'm not going. Because again, whether you're 411 or 412, God has a calling and a place and a purpose, but what's your response? For Moses, he said, here I am, but send someone else. If you read in Exodus, he, he completely tries to barter the deal with God. You've got the wrong person. You don't understand. I think you got my resume mixed up with somebody else. I'm not the guy. I'm not the person. This is what this is. Jeremiah, the Old Testament prophet said, here I am, but I'm not the, at the right age. I don't meet the qualifiers. I don't meet the markers. I don't, I'm not qualified to do X, Y, Z. I hear this a lot in church people. <laughs> no, I, I don't meet the qualifications. No, I, I think you got the wrong. No, I'm, I'm not that. No, I'm, no, that's, no, that's just not. No, I, I don't know that I really could. No. Isaiah, though, responds this way, which I think is the best response. Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. And, and Isaiah 6 records the call of God and the response to that. Well, I just want to show it to you. It's Isaiah chapter six, verse eight. And Isaiah said, also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, here I am, send me. Isaiah kind of responds to this, this deal of like, God, I'm, I'm here. 
I'm here. If you can use me, I'm here. If, you, if, if this can help you, I'm here. I think I got somebody in behind me and maybe it's the Lord. I'm here. God, I'm, I'm here. What, what, what do you want to do? And this is what I'm trying to, this is what I'm trying to, 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 to say today. And this is where I'm trying to land the plane is this, is that God's either calling you to be a vocational minister. And, and I want to unpack this just for a second, because I think this is important that there is something inside of you that just says, man, I am called to, to serve the local church. I'm, I mean, not, not just in a, I'm called over here, but I like, I, I, I'm going to give my life. I'm going to, I'm going to, I have nothing else to give, but I'll stand in the plate. I, 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 I'll give everything that I have. Here, here I am, God, here, here I am. I, I feel like I'm supposed to walk away from the business or, you know, there, there are times where, where that happens and I'm going to walk away from everything. But you can't be 411 and 412 and 411 and 412 and 411 and 412. That dance doesn't work. Because I've seen business people that are 412 people that are gifted there, but they, 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 they look at the 411 position, they think, well, I can just do that, that that's easy. And they'll never say it that way, but that's what they think. And they jump into this, but they don't ever divest themselves of the business. The only way that leaving a, a marketplace ministry for vocational ministry ever works is to leave the boats and the nets as the disciples did on the shore and leave to follow Jesus. Well, I need some residual income. No, 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 no. Jesus said, man, uh, the, the, the birds have, have, have nests and, and the foxes have a hole, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. At the end of the day, it's, 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 I didn't get into this for what I can get. I got into this because this is what I was called to do. Does that mean that I can't own a home or I can't have? No, it doesn't mean any of that. It just means that's never the focus. That's never the reason. That's, that's never the mode of operation. And so, so the deal is, 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 is there are times though that you're in the middle of your life and you're a 412 person and you're in the marketplace and God's calling you into vocational ministry. How do you know that? You're going to know his voice. Just listen. And when he speaks, you can respond like Jonah and say, I'm not going. Like Moses, hey, 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 no, 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 I think this is, you've got, like, 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 like Jeremiah, I'm not qualified. Or you can be like Isaiah and say, here am I, send me. That's very, let me put everybody's anxiety down. That's very rare that that happens. But it does. And so I say that in case for that exception that maybe that's what's happening. Because I'm telling you, I really sense that in this season in the church, God is calling people. He's called all of us to 411 or 412, to the vocational ministry or to marketplace ministry. So that, that could happen, that that's you. And it's not because you don't have another job or another opportunity. Because it, it has nothing to do with paying your bills or I think I'd be fit for this. It's like I've told my kids growing up and when I youth pastored, you don't get to choose. You, you can choose a job, but you don't choose 411. Because here's the deal, that 411 role is amazing. But if there's anything else in life you can do, then do that, go do it and be happy, go do it. Because you better have a calling. You better know that you know that you know that you know that you know. Because you could spend your life building something. It's not like a company where you have equity and you sell it out. No, no, you walk away because you don't have anything. Doesn't matter how much God blesses. God gives and God takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. But that 411 has to be a calling. And so I wanna to talk to some of you that may be students. 
high school, college, maybe you're 13 years of age. It's about that time that I began to hear a pastor talk about the calling. Can I tell you, you know, because it's, it's undeniable, the voice of God. It's unmistakable, the voice of God, whether it's a clash of thunder or whether it's a still small voice, he's speaking to you. And I'm just here to say, <laughs> I'm just here to say, hey, Samuel, go back to your room. And just when you hear that voice again, say, here I am, Lord, speak. But he's calling. He's calling. And moms and dads, if they're your kids, you dedicated. Many of you stood on this stage and you dedicated your children unto the Lord. You don't get to take them back. Woo, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. When Hannah went unto the, uh, to, into the house of God and she dedicated Samuel, she said, for this son I've prayed and this son I give back to the Lord. I've seen parents sometimes go, well, I, you know, and I don't take this personal uh, because you don't know what you're talking about when you say this, but, but, but you know, they're, they're smarter than that to go in the ministry. They're more qualified than that to go in the ministry. They've got more on the ball than to do that. That's why my dad didn't want me to go pastor. So he wanted me to go to university and get a business degree. Because he didn't want me just to be some lazy, fat preacher that didn't do anything. And I get it. He worked hard to raise me and my brother. He worked hard. But it was like, Dad, I'm telling you, I'm called. I'm called. How do you know you're called? Because I know the voice of the Lord. And I'll never forget going to a chapel. It was a college days. And there was this, there, there was a message in tongues and an interpretation. Dr. Moon gave the interpretation. Dane Hall gave the message in tongues. I was sitting right there in Springfield, Missouri as a senior in high school going, God, what do I do? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? I'm here. Again, God works in steps. It's a process. I'm here. I wanna hear your voice. I wanna hear your voice. God, I wanna know. And when he spoke, I didn't say, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. When he spoke, I didn't go, oh, no, 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 you got the wrong person. When he spoke, I didn't say, no, no, can we, can we change the deal? I just remember saying, because I remember to this day, I'm 47, and I remember in 1989, the voice of God, it was my son, I've had your life planned out before you were ever born. If you will but trust in me and keep your eyes up on me, I will open the doors, I will make the way, because I've called you, and I planned you, and I prepared you all the way to this point, and all the way through your life to do what I'm calling you to do. And I'm telling you, in that moment, nobody had to stop. Nobody had to explain it. Nobody had to do anything. And even as I utter those words to today, some 25, 30 years later, there is something in my spirit that that's my, that's my calling. So I can't choose to go be this. I can't choose to go do that. I can't just take this job here. I can't quit you. You can't quit me, amen. We're all in this together because there's a calling. He speaks. Woo, I'm just getting warmed up. Not gotta be done. <laughs> He's speaking. And I think there are high school kids here today. He's speaking. He's speaking. And again, you don't get to choose this, but if he's speaking, listen to me, there is no greater thing than to live in the sweet spot of what he's called you to do. Whether it's to be an engineer, whether it's to be a pastor, whether it's to be a missionary, whether it's to be a teacher, whether, whatever it is that God has called you to do, there's no greater thing than to do that. So today, what's he calling? What's he saying? Because with inside the confines of that 411, that 412, he's going to build his church. He's going to make his, his name known in this world. 
whether you're the saint, which is you, or you're the equipper of the saint, whether you're sitting at the table being served, or whether you're the one doing the serving, he is calling. And this is how he works. He begins to lead us and grow us and develop us and change us. And this is that process of sustainable change in my life. Because here's what I know, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray with this. I have no other plans beyond being here because this is my assignment. Uh, 17, oh, 16 and a half years my assignment. I don't have a next step. I don't have a, here's what I'm doing next. It's not that I lack ambition. It's just my natural makeup. It's not that I'm not a hard worker. It's not that I'm not focused. It's not that I'm not driven. It's not that I don't have goals or plans. But here's what I know. I learned that God, here's my life. I'll do what you want me to do. And I'm just telling you, from that day in 1989 until now, my life has exceeded every expectation I can imagine. I'm married way out of my league and over my head. God blessed Tammy and I with two wonderful daughters. I could have never imagined a church as this awesome as you. And how'd I get here? Steps, palms up, I'll go, I'll do, I'll say. My lane, 411, I know that's what my lane is. There were days I wanted to go to 412, no, no, 411. Days I had business guys say, hey man, youth pastor at church, I'll give you three times your salary and da, 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 da. And it was appealing, it was flattering. It's not my lane, no, it's right here, right here, right here. $30,000 a year to be a youth pastor. I won't take the six figure salary, no, right here. Cause I'm not called, I'm not driven by money. Money's a terrible taskmaster. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do what God's called me to do right here. Calling, the peace, the calling, the lane, the calling all through, but he leads in steps, leads in steps. Father, I just thank you today for how you work in our lives and how you call us and what you do. And I just thank you today that it's not just clergy or pastors that are called, it's all of us. It's all of us. And so I just ask today that you would speak to our hearts and to our lives. If we're in that whether we're supposed to be called to vocational ministry or to the marketplace. Help us, Lord. If we're in one and you're moving us to another, which is very rare, but it does happen, speak. God, in such a way and confirm it that's so undeniable. And Lord, I, I pray for students, young adults, that are trying to figure out what you have for them. God, there are those that feel called to that 411. I just pray, confirm that calling in their life. In Jesus' name we pray and we ask, amen.